are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On NFL podcast. It's Tuesday. That means you are stuck with me. Luke Braun, NFL. I do Locked On Vikings and my very shiny friend, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Noah. <laughs> <laughs> on going to blind you with the Zoom call right now. It's usually me blinding people with my complexion. <laughs> and today we're really excited to talk about the news of the hour on Monday uh, with Carl Nassib coming out as the first openly gay active NFL player. We're also going to talk about my Vikings a little bit. We're previewing all 32 teams here on the Locked On NFL podcast today. It's my turn to talk about my meme team and uh later on we're going to talk about redraft draft strategies coming up to that season so marcus mosher is going to come in and help us whether you're picking first picking 12th on the double back with the snake or if you're in the middle we're going to help you talk to you about some redraft strategy here on locked on nfl i also want to shout out the peacock and williamson podcast brian peacock and matt williamson doing an excellent job over there covering everything going on in the world of the nfl also on the locked on podcast network so let's talk about carl nassib of the las vegas raiders and for more on that we go to your boy q does locked on raiders here on the network i'm your boy q host of the locked on raiders podcast with your breaking raiders news and defensive end carl nassib comes out on monday afternoon and says that he is gay he in an instagram message from his home says hey you know i'm not a guy that wants attention but this has been weighing on my mind for a while and i feel like it's the time to come out and and say it and let it be known again not looking for attention just want to kind of take this weight off my shoulders that i am gay you know he's been in the league six years it's the second season with the raiders he has 20 and a half sacks in his career and i think good for him i think it's awesome that he, he came out and felt confident enough to be able to do it. It's not an easy thing as an NFL player. I'm sure there was a lot of weight and pressure on him, but he made it happen. So uh, salute to Carl Nassib, who comes out and is the first active NFL player to say he's gay. And, you know, there was Michael Sam who was drafted and and we all knew that he was gay before he was drafted. He came out and said that, let it be known. Uh, But he was only in the league for a quick second. And so uh, I think that this is really good. I think this is really courageous for Carl Nassib. It's Pride Month as well, so it kind of all goes together. Uh, he's also donating money to a great foundation that helps with uh, teens, teen suicide, and the LBGTQ uh, community, so I think that that's awesome as well. So Carl Nassib putting his money where his mouth is, and today has a big relief off his shoulder as he comes out and says he is gay. So like Q pointed out, Carl Nassib will be donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project if you want to join him. The link for that is in the show notes, but overall this is like kind of a huge moment for NFL culture. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is huge. And in, in, in an extended statement that ended up being released, you can find it at NFL. They ended up tweeting it out. But he mentioned he had been agonizing over this moment for the last 15 years. He's been yeah. thinking about this. He's been in the league for six, right? Or six mm-hmm. or seven. And so, you know, the guy has been, you know, trying to kind of figure out where, when, how, like all of the things that you kind of have to measure up here when it comes down to making this type of an, uh, making this type of an announcement, right? To like show people and tell people who you are, which is something that like you shouldn't have to announce, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, and he kind of, you know, uh, alluded to that in his, in his Instagram uh, post where he talked about how, you know, hopefully you know, coming out won't be a thing anymore at some point. But as of right now, I mean, he becomes the first active NFL player to, to, you know, 
tell everybody who he is in this way. And I, I think it's, it's incredible. It's, and it's extremely uh, courageous as well on his part. I mean, look, the, uh, the, the reason this is news and a lot of people are like, who cares? There's just a person coming out as gay. Like that happens every day, but mm-hmm. it's because it's the NFL and the NFL right. is a very machismo, very hyper masculine. An NFL locker room is not a place that is particularly welcoming to somebody of the LGBTQ persuasion. So to kind of take that leap and blaze that trail, yeah, that's going to set up for anybody else that comes after now is going to be able to kind of walk in his footsteps. Yeah, and representation matters, right? Now, all of a sudden, because of the fact that he took that leap, people know this about him and younger gay players in college, uh, player, you know, younger gay men that aren't yet players and love the game of football but didn't really see themselves in the game of football can now actually see themselves mm-hmm. on a Sunday playing in an NFL football game. And now all of a sudden they have somebody to model themselves after somebody to show them that, you know, it's, you know, there's a path for them, all of that. Like, you know, myself as a black man, like I've seen myself represented in the, you know, the NFL constantly because Mm -hmm. you see it, right. Mm -hmm. It's there. That's not always the case when it comes to people to where you're talking about, uh, you know, this particular angle of representation, it's not something that's just outright. So the fact that Carl Nassib took that leap, was willing to publicly make this statement, it affects more than just him, it potentially, you know, ends up influencing and um, inspiring a younger generation that's coming into, you know, the future of the NFL. Yeah, if you look at recruiting processes, or, or you know, kids in college, kids in high school, the, the kiss of death, for a potential NFL career, somebody who wants it and dreams it, the the thing that will torpedo and sink them every single time is if they doubt themselves. And if they say, I can't do this, this isn't for me, I'm not welcome, I won't make it. If you ever let that creep into your mind, you're not making it. You ask any single player, they will all say, I had to believe in myself from the get-go, or I had people making sure that I believe in myself, you know, a support system and all of that stuff. And I think a big part of that is that representation, that that ability to kind of look at the NFL and see somebody that's like you in the NFL that tells you, yeah, somebody, you can make it too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's great, man. It's great. I'm, I'm so glad to see this. Congratulations to Carl Nassib. Please go and check out the Trevor Project. Please, yes. um, you know, take the time to go and check out his statement uh, on his Instagram as well as the extended statement over on uh, the NFL's Twitter page as well. Coming up next, I'm going to be talking to Luke here, host of Locked On Vikings. I'm going to be giving him all my shine, putting the spotlight on him. Talk a little bit about the Vikings as we continue to go through our Locked On I NFL. I reflect that right back at you. Because <laughs> we continue to go through our Locked On NFL team previews heading into training camp. We want to hit all 32 NFL teams, talk about the biggest stories heading into camp, and the Vikings are up next. So we'll get to them in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode, our Tuesday episode of Locked On NFL, part of Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. And as of right now, if you go and check out betonline.ag, our exclusive betting partners over there, you're going to see that the Milwaukee Bucks are currently favored to walk away with the NBA Finals Championship. But Luke, I don't know about you, but I'm all about the second place at plus 130, the Phoenix Suns. I'm all about the Phoenix Suns right now. They've been incredible to watch. Chris Paul is probably going to be back here soon. I'm locked into the NBA Finals. And if you are and you want to go ahead and make a little bit of money on top of that so that your watching experience is also 
bringing you a little bit into the action as well. You can do that over at betonline.ag. It's free to sign up for an account. And then when you make your first deposit to put your money in to actually bet on, don't forget to use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N so that you can get a 50% welcome bonus. So you put in $500, you get an extra 250 on top of that. All of a sudden you got 750 to utilize in your bankroll just by using the promo code Locked On over at betonline.ag for your first deposit. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On NFL as we continue through our preview of all 32 NFL teams, talking about the biggest stories around those teams heading into training camp. We're going to hit all 32 before we get to camp, and today we're talking about Luke's Vikings. Luke, of course, at Luke Braun NFL, host of Locked On Vikings, and here with me on Tuesdays. But now, Luke, I get to turn my shiny heady, shiny head spotlight <laughs> right at you and talk to you a bit about your team. So tell us a little bit about the Minnesota Vikings and what the biggest story is for this team heading into training camp a little bit over a month away. I guess there's two ways to answer that. The thing Mm -hmm. that will define the success or failure of the Vikings, probably like this with all teams, is Kirk Cousins. Sure. How many games he can string together before he has a brain fart and throws one away. So that's kind of what defines it. If you want to talk about the biggest story surrounding the Vikings, I would say right now it's just the rebuild on the defense. Hmm. The defense we saw in 2020 fell apart. You probably are familiar with the storyline of 2020 where Mike Zimmer had a bad defense for the first time in forever. Right. Uh, That is because they didn't have any uh, football players on the defense at all. Daniel Hunter, Eric Kendricks lost in December. Anthony Barr played a game and a drive. Um, they had Michael Pierce opted out was supposed to be the nose tackle. They had injuries all over a cornerback. They, it was a catastrophe of injuries and lost people and street free agents and undrafted rookies coming in to start games. And right. that's why, you know, come Christmas week 16, Alvin Kamara puts up six touchdowns on him. And I think that moment kind of kicked him into overdrive I because bet. They signed three defensive tackles. They've signed Patrick (laughs) Peterson and Bashad Breland as cornerbacks. In addition to the cornerbacks that they drafted last year, they've got suddenly depth at corner. They've got tons of depth along their defensive tackles. Daniel Hunter, they worked out the contract extension with him. That's all in the past now until they have have to deal with it next year, too. But for now, they get to just play. But it is an entirely new look defense. The Mm -hmm. only, I think, two returning players are... Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks, if you count him, but he missed a quarter of the season. Right. Otherwise, it's, you know, Sheldon Richardson has played for the Vikings before back in 2018. Uh-huh. And Daniel Hunter didn't play for 2020. Uh, Stephen Weatherly has been on the Vikings, but didn't wasn't there in 2020. So it, it's a whole bunch of people who are now here for either the first or second time. Yeah. Um, all trying to figure out how to play. So will that defense kind of come back to form? Will Mike Zimmer be able to take a bunch of people who haven't played together and make them good? That's the storyline of the Vikings. It's going to be really interesting to watch, and I'm sure you'll get kind of one answer going out of training camp and then another through the first couple of weeks of the season sure. to really see all of it come together, right? Like this will take some time before you're able to say, oh, look, that defense is either better or the same. Yeah, and we don't even really have a sense for how much people – they have three starting defensive tackles. I don't I have no mm-hmm. idea how that's going to work. And right. we'll see in the preseason, I guess. But Sheldon Richardson, Michael Pierce, Dalvin Tomlinson are all starting players, all making starting money. So I've, yeah. nobody has any idea how they're going to put them all down. They're going to rotate. They're paying a guy, you know, three and a half million dollars to play two or one down, like only third down. We have no idea how they're going to do it, but they got something cooking. Yeah. Is there an under discussed or maybe an undervalued storyline for the Minnesota Vikings that isn't getting a lot of coverage that you're particularly interested in? 
Uh, in Minnesota, the defensive tackle thing is kind of the the story of the hour because mm-hmm. they signed Sheldon Richardson. That's the most recent news. But I think right. nationally, that's what people should really be interested in. Look, mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer is an incredibly creative defensive mind, and he is a chameleon. He is willing to run any scheme. He There is no such thing as the Mike Zimmer scheme. It's He's not a cover three guy. He's not a cover four guy. He's not a cover six guy. He's whatever beats you guy. Mm. Uh, and so what will they do strategically, I think is a fascinating storyline. Um, if you want something a little bit less inside baseball or inside football, I guess, uh, maybe the left tackle position battle is really interesting. Um, Rashad Hill is an extremely unheard of player, uh, who has been kind of waiting in the wings for like three or four years. He's taken first team reps right now. The Vikings drafted Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia tech in the first round to play left tackle. Those two are going to have a true competition. And Rashad Hill has, uh, was working with a new offensive line coach in the off season and his footwork might be fixed in a way that we haven't seen it yet. Mm -hmm. And he might be a better tackle than we know him to be. I think that's a fascinating story. That, Mm. that position battle, will the rookie be ready? Is the kind of career backup tackle actually a little better than we thought? Um, or are neither of those things going to turn out well? And we just kind of have to default to the veteran and he's going to suck with, you know, bad offensive line on the Vikings, name a more iconic duo. <laughs> well, I was going to be my, my final question for you, too, as we talked a bit about the defense there, talked a little bit about Kirk Cousins. What on the offense needs to go right for the Vikings to be successful in 2021? I think the biggest thing is you need to keep Thielen and Jefferson healthy. They have no mm. wide receiver depth at all behind him. The next best guy is either Chad Beebe, who was a rookie minicamp tryout a couple years ago, who keeps sneaking his way on the roster and somehow becoming the third best wide receiver on there. He's not a very good athlete. Uh, he's got a drops issue. Like he's not, he shouldn't be the third wide receiver, but he is. And, uh, Amir Smith-Marset, fifth-round rookie, and then, like, some dudes, like, some undrafted dudes, (laughs) uh, or, you know, guys that maybe snuck on the roster before. Like, it's a pretty rough go. Ola B.C. Johnson's seventh-round pick, been on the team Mm -hmm. a couple years. If either Jefferson or Thielen go down for an extended period of time, the Vikings are going to have a skill player issue. Now, they've got Mm -hmm. the two tight ends. uh, Irv Smith, we all know. Tyler Conklin, you will know. Um, He's... Uh, been the kind of third tight end, but he's a pretty dynamic player. And when Kyle Rudolph was injured in the end of 2020, he stepped in, played that kind of second tight end role, and he did really, really well there. And he basically is just getting it de facto. The Vikings didn't even get a tight end uh, that's going to be ready to play in 2020. So that will be an interesting... I think people will get to know those guys. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it'll be a kind of tight end and one wide receiver offense typically isn't the most explosive thing. So those two guys have to stay healthy. I think that's the thing that we're most uh, at risk of kind of a disaster happening is if one of those guys, you know, tears an Achilles and is out for the season. It's going to be a very interesting season for the Minnesota Vikings, for sure. It's also going to be a very interesting season for a lot of teams across the NFL. So make sure you're tuning in here every day on the Locked on NFL podcast. We continue to go team by team over the next couple of weeks to get you ready for the uh, first ever for the NFL Universal Reporting Date on July 27th for most of the NFL camps. We'll get started there. You'll get some that are a little bit early for the Hall of Fame game and the first Thursday night game, things like that. But that would be the date to watch, the date we'll continue to work forward to. Coming up next, though, we're going to take a look at fantasy football, getting you ready for your redraft leagues. No matter where you're drafting, we have some advice for you. Thanks to Marcus Mosher of Locked On Dynasty. We've got all that coming up for you. Let's continue on with today's episode of Locked On NFL, part of Locked On Podcast. They work your team every day. And I got to tell you, a lot of variety for 
the Minnesota Vikings on the defensive line, wouldn't you say, Luke? Oh, God. You know what else is a lot of variety? Nine flavors over at Built Bar, which you can get over at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar on the market, the best protein Jesus. bar, tastes like a candy bar. Nine flavors is variety, Luke. Coconut, and specialties. coconut. And some specialties as well. You get all of those website, like, yeah. limited flavors that come through over at BuiltBar.com. So you want to check out the website every now and then to make sure that you're staying up to date with the flavors they have available. But they've got nine rotating flavors there. Uh, coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, which is my favorite, peanut butter oh, yeah. brownie. What is your favorite? Which one is your favorite? Peanut butter brownie. I mean, peanut huge butter brownie, peanut butter right? Chocolate guy. Yeah. 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 Huge. I mean, it's super easy, right? To, to, to fall in love with that. And it's super easy to fall in love with these built bars, too. Covered at 100% chocolate, 17, 18 grams of protein, but only four or five grams of sugar in there as well. So high in protein, high in fiber, low in carbs, calories, and sugar. So make sure you go and check them out. Builtbar.com. You can get a variety box. You can pick your own flavor and mix and match up to three different flavors to get your full box ready and ship straight to your door. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar! BuiltBar! All right, you all know the drill. It is Tuesday. That means it's time for the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. As we so often do, we're here with Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Dynasty. Uh, you've had a day. What's going on, Marcus? How are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing well. It sounds like I'm going to be making an appearance on Locked On Giants later this week. So it's yep. a busy, busy time. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder what you're going to be talking I about. <laughs> for anybody who hasn't gotten the chance to see it, just head over to Marcus's uh, Twitter account at Marcus <laughs> underscore Mosher and you'll see it. You'll know what we're yeah. talking. You'll know. You'll agree. Uh, That's a good thing. People will agree. That's it. I'm worried about it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Marcus, we want to talk a little bit about strategies for redraft leagues. We talked a bit about the strategy for some dynasty leagues. So let's just sort of put this in the scenario of, let's say, uh, uh, you know, maybe a 10-team, pretty standard PPR, however you want to look at it, uh, draft. And if you're looking at drafting at the beginning, middle, or the end of the first round is kind of where we want to talk about strategy. So let's start with folks that are drafting early in these redraft leagues. What positions, players, who should they be looking for? Yeah, as always, running backs are going to dominate the conversations. And you guys know the names by now. It's Christian McCaffrey. It's Dalvin Cook. It's Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and then some kind of some running back from the Saints over there. Um, Heard about him. He's always doing NASCAR stuff now. So, you know. <laughs> but, but it's it's those five or six running backs at the top of your draft. It's just a position that's really hard to find. There's not many workhorse guys. So if you're drafting in the top five or six spots, it's a great year to do so because you're going to get a workhorse back. Do you have any rules of thumb for like running backs when it comes to touches like carries or, or target share or anything or like a volume rule that we should maybe think about? Yeah, if you're playing in a PPR league, you're going to boost up guys like obviously Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook, uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, you might bring down Derrick Henry and maybe even Ezekiel Elliott some. But in the case of these guys that we're talking about, they're all such good players. They all have double digit touchdown potential that I wouldn't flip them too much. And if you get mm-hmm. Ross, if you get if you get the chance to pick your draft spot, I think you do want to pick inside the top six or seven because I think there's a pretty big drop off after that. Okay, so let's say you are in a position to where you've got maybe 10 teams in your league and you're looking at that standard redraft league and mm-hmm. you get the picks in the middle, six, seven, something like that. Who are some of the players that you look for after those running backs? 
Yeah, so you can still take a, another running back, whether that's you know somebody that's a little bit further down the board, like a Cam Akers or a Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. But I think this is where I start to to look at other positions, and the guy that stands out to me is Travis Kelsey. He's the best mm-hmm. tight end in football yeah. right now. He gives you a massive advantage at the tight end position every single week. Uh, he had the best year of his career with Patrick Mahomes last year. So that's the one guy that I would consider. Uh, there are some receivers that make a little bit of sense between Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, but for me, it's Travis Kelsey or picking the next best available running back. So no rush on wide receivers, tight ends, strictly pass catchers within the top five. But as you get to six, seven, eight toward the middle of the round, that's where it starts to make a little bit more sense. Yes, I think the receiver position is as deep as ever. You can get some really talented guys in the third, fourth, and even mm. fifth round that could be your wide receiver one. So if you happen to, to go a few rounds without grabbing that stud receiver that you're used to, don't panic. You'll be just fine. So I'm excited to know about who you're talking about there, but let's talk about the end of the draft, the the snake, the double back. Any tips for that? Yeah, I, I always like drafting at the turn because it feels like you can kind of control the draft. And mm-hmm. this year, there's some guys that are really interesting, whether that's Aaron Jones, who's finished back-to-back years as a top five running back, whether it's maybe a Najee Harris, who should get a ton of carries in Pittsburgh this year. Austin Eckler's in a really good offense. So mm-hmm. it's not quite as appealing this year as it has been in other years. I'd still prefer to draft inside the top six. Uh, but if you do grab one of those picks at the turn, look to go back-to-back running backs. I like the the Austin Eckler mention now in this uh, Joe Lombardi offense mm-hmm. that he's going to be bringing from New Orleans that may carve out a bit of an Alvin Kamara-like role for the uh, the veteran running back there in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think he's going to have a fantastic season. It's just up to him staying healthy. That's been the biggest sure. knock, but uh, by a ter- per-touch basis, he should be phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, once again, everybody, Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher. Last one for you, but before we get you out of here, I want to talk a little bit about some of those sleeper, I don't want to call them sleeper, but those kind of later round wide receivers that could still end up producing as wide receiver ones for you if you don't grab somebody in the first round. Who are some of those names that people should be aware of? Yeah, so we're going to go really deep. We're going to go with guys that have an Love ADP it. below, let's say 70, 75. Okay. Uh, what, a, what about LaVisca Chanel? You know, that's an, it's an offense that I expect to be much better than we saw last year. Chenault had over 600 total yards as a rookie. By all accounts right now, it sounds like he's by far the best weapon in camp. I just think there's a really good chance that Chenault mm. puts up big numbers. You, you don't one, think you don't think Tim Tebow is going to cut into those uh, into that production at all? <laughs> uh, no, I do not, Ross. I, I, I don't <laughs> think he's going to be an issue at all. Uh, I'll give you another one. Uh, this offense is going to be so gross. You're not going to ever want to watch your this fantasy player, but. Brandon Cooks is just somebody who puts up 1,000-yard seasons every single year. It doesn't matter the quarterback Mm -hmm. uh, that he's playing with. There's really nobody else to steal targets there in Houston. Uh, You can get Brandon Cooks right now with an ADP of 91 on underdog fantasy. I think he's just going to get a a ton of work and would not be surprised at all if it's another 1,100-yard season, six-touchdown year from Cooks. I love it. Hey, look, thousand yard seasons, first round picks. Nobody generates them like Brandon Cooks. There's no doubt about that. Nobody gets traded like Brandon Cooks. That's either. right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Marcus, really appreciate you taking the time to come through, helping us out with our redraft leagues. Make sure you check them out at Marcus underscore Mosher. Check out the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And for more fantasy information, check out the Locked On Dynasty podcast as well. Appreciate you coming through, buddy. Yep, absolutely. 
All right, everybody. One more big thank you to Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. And we will be back with you tomorrow. James Rapine, Tony Wiggins of Locked on Bengals and Jaguars, respectively. They'll be talking about the Jaguars in tomorrow's episode as a part of our season preview and talk a little bit about the draft, some young guns in the NFL look at the standout in 2021. So we have all that coming up for you as continue Monday through Friday here on Locked on NFL. For Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter, I am Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola. And of course, now that you're done here, you can go and check out the Locked On Today podcast put together by the one, the only Peter Bukowski, getting you up to date on everything going on within the world of sports in 20 minutes or less. So go and check out Peter and then come back tomorrow to check out James and Tony as we continue on with Locked On NFL.